terrific. Now, your name, No Filter Paul, No Filter, which is true. I find that to be true about you on stage. But right. it's like, how did you arrive at that name? Well, so the, the first time that I did Opie and Anthony with Jim Norton, he gave me that name. The second, second time I went on after the first appearance, he started calling it that to me. And that was it. So, so what, you were just making statements and he's going, this guy's got no filter. Well, we, 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 uh, the first time I was on O&A, I had a big interview. It was me and my wife and all the guys, and we talked about some stories of, like, you know, growing up and, like, adult, you know, sex stories and fun things that happened in England and all this. And he immediately figured out, I guess I have no filter. So on the second time I was on the show, he just started calling me No Filter Paul. That's perfect. And why would I get rid of it? People say to me, why, why do you use that name for the comedy? I'm like, because... I got named it on a, a national radio show. Why would I get rid of it? I don't know. Now, that went on to be a lengthy engagement with Opie and Anthony. And uh, how how long were you a part of that? How deeply involved? I think you did some merchandising. Tell us about that, That's how I started talking to Jimmy is I was actually working for him. I built his website and I, uh, I made his T-shirts and stuff. And that's kind of how I got to know him. And then he brought me to the O&A show because he said, you know, this guy's got a character that would be fun on the show. You know, and the next thing you know, I'm out. They're sending me out to do stupid crap with signs behind news reporters and taking mm -hmm. laxative in weird places. And I mean, it, you know, you can just imagine. <laughs> Don't go to YouTube and type no filter for whatever you do, especially if you're at work like Carlos. <laughs> so you absolutely grew that into a gig. Uh, that's oh, impressive. Yeah. yeah. He told me, he, Norton told me I should do stand up, you know, 15 years ago because he said, you know how to write comedy, you know. You might be really annoying, but you know how to write comedy. And I just <laughs> never had the balls. And then like three years ago, actually, I, I, I talked to my buddy Dave Hodge there. And uh, he said, I said to him, I, I really should try stand up. And this was like Monday. And on, he said on Saturday, you're doing, uh, you're doing three minutes at a, at a comedy show. Very nice. That wasn't even on open mic. My first time on stage was at a real comedy show in uh, Bayonne. New you Jersey. hit the ground running. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I, I, I did... 400 and something odd mics in that first year. Getting Some crazy, crazy number. It was like, it's like 700 for two and a half years. So speaking of annoying, you've got this accent. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just wondering, this accent, like you're the one with it. You're the one who has all experiences with it when you're on stage. So I'm wondering with an audience, like, do you feel the accent helps you? It hurts you? What's your opinion? Um, I don't know. You you do get people sometimes don't understand if I talk too quick, especially if I've been to England or talked to English people recently. I mm. get much faster than this. I do find I have a bit of leeway with certain words mm. that in America would be harder for some people to say. You know what I mean? Gotcha. People, say, people say the way I say certain words. I don't know what the rating of this podcast is, so I'm not going to say it. But you, you you know the words you can say, you take it like you know it's, it's tongue in cheek. You know? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah like, uh, and also sometimes you say a word that's a slang in English. Like we say yeah. fire department, right? That was the famous one. No, fire brigade was the famous one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few like that. There's a brigade. few. And, and you know, this, what's funny is, you know, 30 people didn't even notice except some idiot that we all know in the back of the room. Yeah, named Carl. <laughs> Actually, it was John Hollywood. Oh, a fire brigade. I yes, yeah, you heard, yes. Then, yeah, then you piled on like normal. So, it's either you at first, then him, or him, then you. It doesn't matter, you know. 
I'm always piling on. But I enjoy it. You know, I honestly, I, I have more fun coming to do that than I do a lot of stuff, you know. But I don't really do your accent, do I? I just do. No, you do. You do uh, very, a lot of people, when they do accents that don't know how to do impressions, I'm not saying I'm not putting you down, but they mm -hmm. don't know how to do impressions, they over-exaggerate the <laughs> accent. You, you, you've got like a over-twist exaggerated kind of thing that you do or like lock stock and two smoking barrels right and, you know but uh I mean, it always makes me laugh because it's like a lot of people you know that haven't traveled the world i mean you can see more of it now because of youtube and stuff a lot of people that haven't traveled the world they don't know it's like america there's 50 different accents the more north you get in england i have trouble understanding those people so you yeah. guys haven't got a hell chance you know yeah england really has a wide wide range yeah um, okay, so everyone at home is getting ready to watch this movie. We're all going to press play at the exact same time, so why don't you count us off? All right, here we go. Debbie does Dallas. You ready, guys? Ready? Five, four, three, two, one, go! Very excited to watch this. Now, this looks like a serious movie. It can be at times. Sometimes it's pretty like funny. Isn't it the Muppet Show logo? Do you remember the old Muppet Show? Or just yeah. the ITC? It's the year. It's the, oh, that thing. Yeah, that is the ITC. It's a British company, and it funded this. And they used to do Space 1999 and Muppet yeah. Show. And you would see their logo. It would be very yeah, familiar really. on TV. Mm. Wow. This is cool, man. I like the font. Yellow 92, the little smiley face. First time I ever thought that I saw this film, I thought they were in Cuba. Because he drives his bike to this place that's Cuban. You'll see. There's wow. Michael Kidder and Peter Fonda. Yeah, and, and Bernie Smith. you got to be kidding. Harry Coming right up. You will see. No, we saw a movie with Warren Oates and Harry Dean Stanton. Right. We did. Cockfight. Cockfight. Look, Cockfight. see how it says Sociedad de Cuba? or Yeah, so you said this must be Cuba. Right. Look at the architecture. It's kind of, you know, 40s, 30s above. Now they the places that closed uh, Starbucks. Or they the service right. from the door. It, now, yeah, they emptied that out, and it's a Planet Fitness. <laughs> you hear yeah. this kind of hickey music? That's what we'll hear throughout, this lazy, lazy, hickey music. I don't mind it. Music. I don't know why I have the volume on, but it's uh, all right. But thank you. This music reminds me to mute my sound. <laughs> Do you see that? Look at that Volkswagen bug. Yeah. This kind of looks like Los Angeles, maybe. No. This you know? is Key West, Florida. Key West, Florida. Oh, no, Carl. I uh, I'm a bad movie girl, Carl, about Florida movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm obsessed by exterior shots because this Florida is windy and you can't control the wind. Right. How professional a shot is by whether or not the trees in the background are whipping up a storm and the hair is moving around. Yes. Antithetical to what's actually going on. Well, you will see calm weather throughout this whole. There are many exterior shots, but you'll see. Yeah, I mean, so far so good. So you see how the trees are blowing? That's nothing yeah. before the wind, right? That's right, exactly. But I always take, like, uh, one of my favorite Florida movies is Jerry Lewis and Hardly Working. And you just see everything whipping around while he's talking. 
That's available on YouTube, by the way. Uh-huh. That, that's an idea. Now, uh, this guy, is, his name is John Quaid, and you've seen his face before, but my, my research has failed me. It, wait, 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 wait. John Quaid, get your ass to Mars. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> oh, look, clickbait. Oh, bait store. Oh, there's Harry Dean. That's right. Harry Dean Stanton has showed up. Now, Peter Fonda's character is someone who's like, um, uh, his name's Tom Skelton, and he was, I don't know, he lived somewhere else. He's moving home to the Keys, and that's why he, like, knows the locals. And they're like, we, we didn't think we'd see you. So he's basically seeing a friend. It's a guy, Harry Dean Stanton goes out and charters fishing trips. Okay, and people pay him a bunch of money to go and get the best fishes and a trophy fish. Wait, 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 wait. I know. So, is the movie that like a rich couple hires him and then she kills, seduces him, uh, him, and then they kill the, the husband and then the that's cops? That's a great idea. If this was Jeff Bridges and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, watch that. <laughs> let's watch that one. <laughs> it's much better. Well, you know, that's that's the, a good setup, and we've seen that plot before, be it Basic Instinct or... Yeah, A Lady from Shanghai, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My husband can't... Film noir, my husband can't know. I'm committing a murder for pussy. Okay. I was in love. <laughs> the, the voiceover. Yay, well, say that the best way to a murder. I don't know. It was on the Florida Keys in a boat... When Peter Fonda began his slow descent into murder. <laughs> you do sound like Orson Welles from... Uh... Murder for a woman's affection. Now, Harry Dean Stanton Stan looks younger and shorter in this movie. Yeah, well, this is 1975, and Harry Dan Dean Stanton aged well, but... Okay, you saw him in Cockfighter, and yes. here he is again. It's our, our hero, our reason for this though. movie. Do you think there's a war of notes? Look how young he looks. Yeah. That's not a compliment. He doesn't and look he's old looking. Now, look, the people at home would probably know him from Stripes. He was the sergeant in Stripes. At least that's how I know him. But he's like a wonderful actor. He did a <clears throat> two-lane blacktop with Peter Fonda and uh, war of notes. It's this mm -hmm. great kind of minimalist, uh, I guess minimalist, but it's a, it's a racing movie. You know, and it's good. Yeah, it's really good, actually. I mean, it's it's bad. It doesn't end right, you know. But I'm saying, yeah. you're watching a piece of history, it's pretty good. And um, he was also in uh, The Wild Bunch with Peter Fonda. Yeah, that's right. He's, well, he was also in, uh, gosh, we're naming all these movies, uh, Bring Me the Head of, uh, God, what is it? Right. It's the same director, Sam Peckinpah. Bring Me the Head of Fredo Garcia or something like that. And he's just great in it. Now, what we're watching is his annual suicide run. About once a year, he just hates life, and he decides he's going to kill himself, and it's always around the same time. So Harry Dan Steen Stanton knew that and basically went to save him, you know? Oh. And it's like, we don't think he was really going to kill himself, but I don't That's know. He's serious about it. Mo does that every Christmas on The Simpsons, right? He's like, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they always now, have this to... guy who my research has failed us. Um, it's Quaid. He's like teasing Harry Dan Stanton like he wasn't gonna really kill himself, kind of thing. And now, I'm sorry, um, uh, 
Warren Oates. Look, I'm just going to call him Nickel. His name is Nickel, and his last name is Dance. So look, Dance. Chasing him with the hook where you hook a fish, it'll really kill a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like an Armageddon where uh, Bruce Willis chases Ben Affleck around with a shotgun. Now, look. He cuts him. He did it. Look. Look, there's blood. Warren's and he's asshole. like, I could pull this right through you. You know, like. Picture of you gutted is a dollar fifty. <laughs> That's right. Hang him up on that hook. With, stand <laughs> on the dock with the weight scale. Now That's he's weird. like bemoaning. He's like, "Why'd I do that? Now I got to go to jail. God damn it! Why'd I do that?" Now <laughs> this movie begins with him fucking assaulting a man. So Peter Fonda offers, "Why don't you loan me your skiff, your boat, and I'll take your clients out while you're in jail." That way you don't lose them. And we find out Peter's interested in being the, in their profession, going chartering boats. That sounds like fun. Does this look like fun? I, I, it <laughs> looks like it, it does not look like fun. <laughs> You'll see. You get an office with a window view. Listen, oh, this? Have, this? I, if I had a window in my office, I would fucking pause. <laughs> Lazy cheerleader. Now, this is weird. He used to have a career like being the head of a marching band. I don't know how you have a career at that. Maybe it was just her glory days in high school. I don't know. But she's all into it. And John Philip Sousa is playing right now. Look how Uh, he buys the chocolate. For taxes, he puts down occupation cheerleader. (laughs) She's housewife right now. And she, she doesn't hate it. She doesn't hate it. But there's no real opportunity to lead our marching band. So we see that right now she's a bit of a pretender. She hid the chocolates, which cost money. She's pretending that she's in there ironing his shirt when she was right. really doing her dance routines. All wearing sexy laundry. Right. Or sexy first time? Sexy. Oh, while leaving the iron on. Huh. Right, and she goes, I burnt it. I burnt it. Shucks. But wait a minute, she was she had the iron on in the other room. Like, listen, I, I, I don't like, know. I don't see how that could have worked because it was standing up when she came in. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton is late for the safari, apparently. No, she's Jeannie in this movie and she's married uh, to Harry Dean Stanton. Safari. But, um, she, in truth, was like having a big affair with the with the director of this film the director of this film also wrote a book of this same title and this is basically his film come to his book come to movies and he got to do it so it's perfect for you know yeah it's it's a competent director i mean this is a really intriguing shot it's his only directing credit this was his one chance and he kind of blew it believe it or not but this is great look he's got natural lighting with the two lamps in the middle of the room yeah, he is a, um, he's a writer. He's had a lot of success. He has like eight writing credits. He did novels. He did journals about his time in wildlife in Montana. He, he's, he's for real, but he's a, a jerk kind of guy right now. It's, it's like the 60s are over. He's having a three-way sexual utopian affair with his wife and the woman we're seeing on television right now, Elizabeth Ashley. They're like a threesome. <laughs> That's so nuts. But then Margot Kidder will come along yeah. and seduce 
Well, I don't know if that's the word. She will definitely fall in love with the director, and the director will divorce what? his wife and marry what? Margot Kidder. Yeah. Wait, this sounds more interesting than whatever movie. Yeah, it's made. a better movie. It's a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> like Margot Kidder. No, did she commit suicide, Carl? Am I going to yeah, be she did. She did. But she yeah. did it in a way like she just made sure she overdosed on pills and alcohol so that she could just fade away. It's no, a so healthy way to go. And she's the grandchild of Ernest Hemingway or something like that, right? I don't think so. Um, Let's see some carpet samples. Pick, fuchsia or, or eggshell. Oh, basically, this is all about she's spending money and he doesn't have money. She's just now told Harry Dean Stanton that she is pregnant. And she did oh. it in a, the director did it in a great way. He really did. We miss it because we don't play the audio. We don't play the audio. So the baby never materializes in, any, into anything in the plot. What I don't approve of in this movie is we're going to see some subplots, but they don't pertain to the hero's main journey, which is... Uh, Should I tell you now and ruin it? Can I guess? Yeah. Before you ruin it? Yeah. Look at all that fish. First off, that is some serious That's his job. That's his job. Yeah, but can you imagine if you had them all on and they're all singing? It would drive you crazy. <laughs> Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> it's your birthday, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. You press <laughs> them all at once. You have to time it exactly right. Now, he's going to take over Wernos. Wernos is not going to go to jail or he's going to escape. And they're going to be on a boat. And then shit's going to happen on a boat. Correct. That's exactly right. They're going after a killer, way, a killer shark, actually. <laughs> okay. Oh, a killer shark. <laughs> So he, this guy has no direction, Peter Fonda. He's back home from wherever he was. And he's like, I'm going to be a skipbo captain, you know, charter fish, just like Dance and uh, Carter, you know, our, our heroes, because it's all I know how to do. I can do it. That's why, it's, because it's available. Look at the joints in the 70s, man. They were thick. Yeah. yeah. Look how it's glowing red from the cherry in the front. <laughs> Granted, it's only uh, 6% THC, but, you know, it's the 70s. Now, I know it looks red, but the truth is it's a Cuban cigar. It's so, not a carrot? <laughs> so the thing is, they don't want him to be a skip boat captain, okay? So his actual literal life will be in danger. He'll be, his life will be threatened, and he'll decide to still become the captain of a skip boat. Just because huh. It's not clear why. It's not clear why he's not afraid to die. No, is her character name is Flipper? Flipper. <laughs> uh, yeah, Miranda. Well, she's a school teacher, and she's the girlfriend of Peter Fonda, and she will be throughout. Um, so he came back, and his girlfriend was there. That's not explained, but yes, it's not explained. He, he's back. But it's as if he's never left. You'll see it in his relationship with his father, with his grandfather. It's like he never left. Huh. And also, it's not even really well done. In the beginning, that Quaid guy is like, we thought we'd seen the last you. you right, know? right, right. We got a little backstory. Ooh, look at that. That's prime Fonda. <laughs> Shirtless Fonda. Nope. Who's your favorite, Fonda, Henry, Jane, or uh, Peter? 
Um, Jane Fonda is my favorite Fonda. Uh, Henry Fonda is really good, but his but it's filtered through the light of I'm in the '50s movies. I have to be a it was his vaudeville, you know. Right. You get to see the real. Even in On Golden Pond, I was not believing because his character was like, "I'm grouchy. I'm grouchy. I'm grouchy. That's all." The whole thing, I'm grouchy. Even when he like fell in love with his grandson and they changed everything and went <laughs> the fish, he was still like, I'm being grouchy. Now, well, that, that movie seemed really odd. I uh, think that Peter Fonda's always walking through his stuff. Jane Fonda's got to be my favorite. Bridget. Did, is that William Hickey? Yes. Look how young William Hickey is. Well, he's the father in this, and he's resigned himself to the fact that he's going to live in this mosquito tent. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, Burgess Meredith is dropping the N-bomb right now. Why? His, his wife goes, we're having such and such, and he goes, I don't want any N-word food. <laughs> look, and he's mad at his son. He's mad at his son for staying in the tent. So we got grandfather, father, son here, and there's I mean, a little. Aren't they all the same fucking age? William Hickey's always ninety years old. Burgess Meredith is always ninety years old. That's right. It's a little hard to pull off the. Uh, does he look old enough, really, to be Peter Fonda's father? Yeah, I guess so. It's just strange that we see actors that we know more for the later roles, and they're younger, right. you know, much aged. If this really is William Hickey from Princey's Honor, he has like a really yeah. persona, as you know, he has that rough, gravelly voice. Right. But he's a lot more wrinkly than he was in 75. <laughs> he is a lot more wrinkly. People know him from uh, Christmas, uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation, which wasn't a vacation. That's why I always get. Yeah, you always get choked up. The biggest vacation was a vacation. The, the vacation, yeah, they went on vacation. European vacation, they're on vacation. Okay, now look, Peter Fonda has come to visit uh, Nickel, Nickel Dance in prison, and basically he's telling him a story about how he killed a man once. You know, who Peter Fonda killed a man? No, or Warren. Nick, yeah, Warren. Nickel, Let's Nickel just back. call him Dance. Let's call him Dance. So it's strange because you remember the the dance halls where you would dance with a yep, girl. A nickel. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a nickel dance. So he's even cheaper than the. the he's, he's a throwback to an earlier time of here. Also, you know, uh, being fans of the Bush administration, every time I hear nickel, I think of No Child Left Behind. <laughs> you know, AKA nickel. <laughs> gotcha. Nickelback. Yeah, I think of the band. <laughs> so basically what the director is doing is saying hey this is a person who could potentially commit murder that's what he's letting us know he's killed before he's killed before. what's to say that for a good time you're only party as you're free you're, you're only, only pretty pretty? pretty I guess they mean you're only as pretty as you feel which is great oh, advice yeah. If estrogen courses through your veins. <laughs> it has no place in the men's prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird choice, director. And it was probably in his novel. Listen, in 19, what, in 1970, this guy moved from his home of Montana to 
the Florida Keys. And right. he just had a party house, a party house. He was just a guy. He was a writer. He had been published before. He had a um, he had made a book. Uh, he had written a script called Rancho Deluxe, which got him a lot of success. He was married to a woman who's is the sister of Jimmy Buffett. Now that that's as Florida as you can get, right there. Do you know Jimmy Buffett? This you know, uh, back in Margaritaville. I I heard he had to close uh, during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jimmy Buffet was shut, <laughs> but you could have take uh, you know, you could order on the curbside pickup. Curbside pickup, which is not as fun. Actually, Carl, one of my favorite buffet Chinese places in uh, San Francisco is called China Fun. It's been around since the 90s when I moved in here, and it's like a downtown place. You would go during lunch, and uh, you would you would do the way it by the pound and then go upstairs. Right. Uh, I recommend the place. I went there recently. I was short, like, 50 cents of sheets. He spotted me, so God bless. But <laughs> the way it's set up now is that it's not self-service. She has one table, one uh, steam tray with a shield, and it's uh, they moved it up by the cash register, and you have to say, I want the uh, beef and broccoli or what have you. If you know have the last 50 cents, you know come to buffet. It's it very different in Jersey. Very different in Jersey, yeah. In San Francisco, we don't do those stereotypes. But anyway, uh, they. <laughs> it was the second time I was short, by the way. Like a couple years ago, I went in there and I, I was short and they spotted me. So I felt bad. The but... kind of joke like that with the racism stuff, it really would have appealed to our celebrity comedian who did the countdown. Oh, by the way, I, I should have said something when the movie started because all the energy of the show goes towards the, the celebrity comedian. <laughs> terrific, terrific guy. Was a guy? Yes, it was a guy, and he is someone to celebrate. That is why he's a celebrity. Now, this is like Thurston Howell the Third and Lovey, except if they would squabble and fight. And he looks recognizable. Yeah. Well, the truth is, it's really, uh, gosh, it's, it's in front of me, so I'll talk about it later. But the po point of the plot is, it's his first charter. This is a big deal. He's profiting off the fact that Dance is in prison, and he's taking his charter. Um, so that's what's important for the plot that you know for this scene. Are these guys douchebags? Uh, yeah. No? <laughs> yeah, they're douchebags. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I've got a fish, eh? I it live in a house. William Roderick, yeah, and he is born in Hoboken, New Jersey. But he's yeah. Roger Corman's, like, he was in Roger Corman's sci-fi thrillers. Yeah, he has a definite look. I could see him from Jersey. Look, he's from Hoboken, and now he's in the Florida Keys. God bless. God bless. <laughs> he's like, Don't sit down, lovey. You're not doing it right. Give me that poor young man. You said this is a three-hour tour? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, sir. <laughs> That's exactly what Peter Fund is like. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He goes, I see the fish. I'll go get it for you, Mr. Mr. Howell. Yeah, Mr. Howell? Yeah. Why don't you jib back us up? Now, the director does something really good now. Peter Fonda goes into the thicket, into the wild, you know, to, to retrieve this uh, caught fish. fish. When he does, like the director takes us a long while. He has a little journey in there, you know, while the howls wait. What happens is he gets the fish and he kind of like admires it. Look at that spider web, that real life yeah, spider web he's got. That's a real life spider web. 
Florida Keys. He likes the fish and he lets it go. He doesn't give it back to Mr. Howell. You know, he he lets it go. It's really well done. It's very <laughs> Look how it's like so deep in. It's taking forever. So Howell hooked the fish and then the fish swam off and got tangled up and now Peter's gonna go get her. Right. And it's like it's like Howell left the didn't hook the he didn't catch the line. He just let him run. Look, he's still even swimming away. Yeah. Hey, little fishy. Now, how long ago did we leave the Howells, right? I mean, well, the uh, yeah. really got us on a journey here. And because there's some time up. lapsing when he was walking through the, the Everglades. Yeah. Is it the Everglades? It wasn't. Yeah. Well, no, it's the Florida Keys. It's really not the Everglades at all. So um, the... Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Slapping that fish. <laughs> Literally. He's not, so, not, not, yeah, he, he likes it and he lets it go. Oh, yeah, the time lapse part. He didn't time lapse as much as he, like, quickly faded to black and then faded up again, letting yeah. him think that the time has passed. But it, it was a journey, though. I mean, he was, he was conveying a journey. So he's coming out to report, I'm so sorry, Mr. Hal, the fish got away, sir. But the howls are gone. That is trippy. You think the fish caught him? What the hell? Do, 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 do. I'm Burgess Meredith doing the voice of Rod Sterling for the movie. Do, Burgess do, 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 do. Meredith. He's going to play a, the grandfather, and he's like a lawyer in this town, and he owns this town, you see? <laughs> He was the voiceover for the Twilight Zone, the movie. He he was appeared in the segment, but he did the Rod Sterling voice. Perfect. Yeah. Not, not perfect like Rod Sterling, but he has perfect a the narrator. Right. Yeah. Now he was in King Lear. That's what we saw in our show, which is a piece yes. of shit movie. Ladies and gentlemen, do not see King Lear. You'll see on the video box it'll say Woody Allen, Burgess Meredith. Yeah. yeah, Norman Mailer. We're, of course, talking about John Luke Dodds. Yeah. Canon production of King Lear. Which, you know, friend. I saw that Canon film movie uh, documentary uh, to research Going Bananas, and they talk about how much, like, Guitar just screwed those guys over. Yeah. They would go, uh, Golden Globus are these famous producers from the 80s and 90s, and they, their stopping ground was Collins Film Festival where they would make and shake deals. And one of the deals they got notoriously on a cocktail napkin was that Jean-Luc Godard, the famous... Uh, yeah, Bob. We'll make a film for them. <laughs> and uh, we watched it. It's on YouTube. It's called King Lear. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, don't see it. Well, you can see it as a cur curiosity if you want, but I'm just saying don't get suckered for it because you see the stars that are in it. Okay, now, yeah. look. He finally quits looking for the Howls. He comes back to the bar, and who's there? The Howls! Ha, ha, ha! Everyone's laughing at him. It's humiliating. Ha, ha, ha. But they just went, they walked back? No. What happened is Dance went out there with Carter's boat and uh -oh. picked him up because it was his old charter. He says, come on, we're playing a joke on the kid. Why did you do an English accent? Because you're Ricky Javes. Here's a picture of my cat. Why did I do an English accent? Dumb. Ricky Chavez. <laughs> I'm saying something cruel on you on Twitter as a joke. Are you <laughs> referring to our to the reunion show? Yes. 
you so do you listen to that and he stick my stand up in there wasn't that yeah. like ass kissy like i was taking advantage you know what i mean no 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 you yes. it was I'll listen that footage, that footage was lost to the ages you brought it up in the live show and then uh you inserted it by the way i highly recommend our live show episode yeah it's fun just aired uh the first of march uh the first uh march 7th i should say yeah and it was a live show on March 7th, 2020 in, this, in the uh, station. And honestly, I think it was the last live show I did, Carl. Uh-huh. And this I'm, was I'm exactly one year because it was the date of the 7th because February skips two days or one day. <laughs> right, it was a day. But, you know, because exactly uh, the World Health Organization declared the pandemic on March 11th, 2020, mm -hmm. and the show was on March 7th, four days before the official shutdown. Gotcha. So, and I got to fly home. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, did I do another set in those four days? Yes, you did. Um, uh, I have recordings of you doing multiple sets. Okay, I just want to bring us back to the movie because a very yeah. important thing is about to happen. So he went in there. He got humiliated. It was his very first day as a skip captain. He's all upset, even though he's a terrible actor, so you see hardly any emotion. <laughs> oh, why do you have to go there? Okay. So he is going to fucking burn Dance's boat. Burn the skip. Yeah. And Carter, Carter tried to talk him out of it, Harry Dean Stanton. Look, he Look cut his own gas. He cut Carter's gas. Uh, no, he cut his own gas line. He's filling it with gas and he's just going to torch it. Man, would you want to grow up in the Keys where you were boats, you know, to burn a boat by cutting the gas line? Like, because you're so into it? <laughs> I don't know. I think anybody could have figured that out. But okay. I'm a dumb-dumb. I wouldn't have figured that out. Now, I would have just burned it without it. Here's a movie complaint. You know I have it. The explosion is way too large. Way too large for just a little <laughs> Look at that. Holy shit. Right. You see how the director made the light flash? Yeah. Are very well done. I mean, other than being a... Uh, now, what you're seeing burning there is Dance's livelihood. It's up in flames. 92 in the shade. I thought this was an Al Gore movie, so I was kind of relieved. <laughs> we never get... Yeah, the year of, they ran in 92, and it was one of his <laughs> uh, global warming thing. Yeah, right, global warming. 92, 92 I didn't think about that. Look here at these here Rocky Mountains. Can you see the snow disappearance over a decade? <laughs> this shit's for real, folks. An inconvenient sequel. That was my favorite uh, Apollo. So basically now it's like, I'm ruined. If I, had, if I don't have a pot to piss in, okay, I'll lend you my boat on the days I'm off. Of course, there'll be a small fee, you know. Right. Ooh, now it's like, are you going to kill that kid? You know, are you going to shoot him? Because he's always <laughs> right. your livelihood. He is a murderer. The thing is, there was it was a justified murder and it was manslaughter because he didn't really understand that what he was doing was going to really lead to the guy's death. That's why he's not even in prison today. So he isn't really a murderer as much as he's capable of it. He's done it before. He beats some bad guy so senseless. So right now he's like 
since I recently didn't shoot myself, I kind of taken a not liking to shooting anybody. So it's weird. Harry Dan Stanton, Carter's characters, like egging him, like, you're going to take that from that boy, you know? And Look at Hickley with a cigar. It's like he's 70 years old. Yeah, he, he will be, right? Right. Well, the th so anyway, the, the director's point is it's, it's not ambiguous. It's undecided. Is he going to kill the kid or not? You know, I mean, it took a hell of a nerve to blow up a man's boat. Yeah, they played a joke on him. Yeah, they humiliated him. You got no place being a skip captain. Ha ha. But still, to build a burnt, they had all that dynamite in that boat. Did you see that large explosion? To blow up yeah. the guy's boat, it's, it's good. Not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. It was justified and not cool. To kill him isn't cool. I don't know. The director's doing a good, the writer's doing a good job here. He's a director, Carl. Yeah, but he also wrote his director is. <laughs> oh my God, who the fuck is this guy? Is that this Burgess? Is Burgess Meredith. Basically, <laughs> we're finding out if you want, look, what do you want to do for a living? I want to be a skiff boat captain. How much did that cost you? $4,000. Okay, I'll stake you. you. I'll give you the money and you owe me. Oh, what a dad. What a dad. So listen, when the director moved to Florida, to the Keys, with his wife, Becky, who was Jimmy Buffett's sister, their house was a major drinking and partying place. Artists, writers, poets. They've listed some names here. I never heard of them. A famous photographer, and Jimmy Buffett would be there. So it was, was a party it? house. What uh, about Mickey Mouse from Florida, from Disney World? Did he party there? <laughs> well... They things in the fifties were hush hush, even though the reporters knew they just didn't report stuff yeah, like that. So it's not clear. It's not clear. Would you so want to anyway, like a lot of the internet feels that I mean he was so lucky to be given Okay, this Rancho Deluxe he wrote was a big commercial hit. So that your English company, what was it? I C I T C they said, okay, this guy wrote a book, you know, he can direct it, he can write the script, we got a hit here. It was not a hit, it flopped, but the internet thinks he flittered it all away with his wild parties. He was very lucky to direct with no experience. Yeah. So, well, I mean, this, this movie is well, it's well shot, it's not like a piece of shit movie. So they must have used some professional... Uh, industry people in Florida to, to shoot it, right? I mean, and these are all real actors. Well, a guy named Michael Butler was the photographer, and yes, this had a serious-ass budget, and you can see they hired their stars. You know. Yeah. Uh, basically, right now, what we're going to see is a frustration scene in which he resolves that he really should kill that boy just because he said so. He's smoking fish, and he's going to get pissed off at the fact that he's making work for himself. I don't want to smoke these fish. Let me no, put it up. Let me put it up. All right. Can you he's hear smoking me? in the old refrigerator? Yeah, I'm the old refrigerator. Let's play hide and seek in the old refrigerator. See, he's having, he's like, why am I doing this? I'm making work for myself. Now, is this an indica-dominant fish he's smoking, or is it sativa? Uh, this is an indica fish. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see now he's mad at himself because he's a stupid person. 
God, I love this guy. Yeah, he's a great actor, and he. Just a weird looking dude. <laughs> Right, those are the guys that like if I step on someone's foot walking down the street, I look up. It's fucking Warren Oates, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why don't you walk where you go? <laughs> look, he's got his gun. Yeah. Now he's having a crisis in which it's like I need to kill that kid because I said I would. But I'm not in the killing business no more. Right. So he's like. Sometimes you you say something and you find yourself in a predicament and it's just too bad. So he's like, I'm going to have to kill him. <laughs> he claims he doesn't know if he has to kill him, but watch how he's like, yes, I have to kill him. He's got that glint in his eye. Don't that, kill. So you see the wind blowing in the background? It's really well contained. Like you, it's the the acting is the center. It's not the, yeah. you know. But look how calm it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to see you the can shape. see in the shadows. It. And when they're out on the ocean, it's calm. It, it, this show doesn't. This movie didn't suffer from its exteriors. Here, their exterior, it's calm. Yeah, there's a lot of exteriors too in this movie. I mean, it's it's twenty five percent bars and and uh, houses. So Peter Fonda says, listen, I know I just walked you all the way home, but you got to go home. It's not safe. And she goes, I have my tubes tied. Ooh. Go right through this. And he goes, no, it's not safe because that's Dance's car. And Dance is here. He might want to kill me. <laughs> is it because you blew your, his boat up? Fire yeah. boat. So Margo is like... Margot would have been like, he wants to kill you? Okay, fuck that, and walk home. But no, she's still, like, concerned. Margot Kidder has no cleavage, no cleavage. What she has is rib bone. Well, Carl, didn't she, <laughs> she have, like... sternum. She has a sternum. I, I don't know her history, but uh, maybe it's <laughs> not for us to say. What do you mean you don't know her history? Yes, she committed suicide. She was an old lady when she did it. She did she it in a it? peaceful way. What? Is she anorexic? No, no, I don't or... think she was anorexic. She was a she had mental health issues in that she was bipolar. She didn't take medicine for it. She didn't understand that it was a real thing. She thought, oh, those psychiatrists, and she didn't do it. And then she <laughs> had a breakdown in which there was a stressful situation and she just flipped she became homeless it only lasted like four days but it got a big press thing yeah i remember they attempted to rape her at one point she they, yes when the cops took her to the hospital they her, she had had her caps her teeth caps knocked out okay oh, that's they, horrifying. i didn't even know I'll tell you the whole story but basically yeah. right now dance is like threatening He's, he's, he's giving a threat. What he's saying, instead of killing him, is like, you are not to become a skip boat catman. And that is the order. Or I will kill you. But his rich daddy gave him $4,000 to be a skip Granddaddy, granddaddy. Oh, Look granddaddy. At the Look at the, because it's important because the dad's a failure. The dad didn't make any money, and it really chapped Virgin. Whoa, 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 whoa. So William Hickey is his dad? It's yeah. his brother. Peter Fonda's the son of who? Of uh, Pritzi's honor. 
Who Pitsy Lauder and Peter Fonda are the same fucking age. No, who is the son of Jer- Burgess Meredith. No. Jesus. Bur- Did you say Jesus? Jesus Meredith. Burgess. Burgess Meredith. From the Monkees. He was in an episode in the Monkees. The guy who was the penguin on Batman. He was the penguin. Yeah, I know. The who guy who was in Grumpier Old Men. Breaking! Breaking! Was he like Rocky? Right? Yeah. Wasn't he Rocky's manager? Trainer? No. No, that's... Wait. Yes, of murdered. course he was. Yes, of course he was. I don't know why I said no. Yes, of course. You were thinking. You were thinking of that other guy, the, the teddy bear looking guy. A, he was the brother or something. Yeah, step brother. Okay, so basically, you know, order receive, but Peter Fonda doesn't like take it. Listen, I got to tell you something. Peter Fonda, his acting is so flat in this thing. He just, you don't understand why he, he never talks about why he's driven and motivated and he doesn't care that people are threatening him and he doesn't even want to be a skip boat, skip boat captain. He's just doing it. I don't, I don't know how it, there's no motivation for his character. And I believe that if you read the novel, there would be, I think it's probably just his acting, Peter Fonda's acting that you don't know where this character's coming from. So you think the acting is competent, it's just the characters are safer. What? The acting is not competent. It is, <laughs> lack. It is incompetent. Look, he, the way he talks to Margot Kidder. Hey, look. I'm, I'm muting there because there's no good scene right now. No, no, I, I, I take but, Like... You don't even know why Margot Kidder's in love with him. He's so flat and talky-talky. You don't know why the dad wants to take care of him. And uh, You'll see. Okay, I'll just tell you about Margot, what really, really happened, okay? She, um, in 1996, right? Okay, in 88, they diagnosed her with bipolar, but she rejected it. She didn't take lithium like they offered her. She thought it was just all bullshit, you know? Just keep a level head, you know? And you with me, Mike, right? Yeah, I okay. am. April 1996, uh, she had been working on her autobiography. Now, Margot always made journals. She always wrote about her life, the whole her whole life. As a matter of fact, at one point, she had to burn her some of her journals, and she felt lost. She felt like some part of her body had been... Okay, well, anyway, she was working on an autobiography. She had all this material, and her laptop got a virus and fucking freaked out. No way. Right, and she lost three years of work on that laptop's hard drive. So she freaks, she flies to Los Angeles. Remember, it's 1996, okay? So she goes to this company and pays tens of thousands of dollars for them to recover the information, but they aren't able to. And she's not exactly rich. So she she flew to California from Montana, they said no dice. She freaked out and just wandered the streets. She just wandered the streets for four days. They found her in Glendale. Whoa. Like she was sleeping in the backyard of some re- some person who lived in Glendale. He called the cops. She, she that There was a rape attempt against her at this time. But she finally accepted the diagnosis. Um <sighs> 
She was late. I'm reading. She would later openly speak about her treatment of the disorder via orthomolecular orthomolecular medicine. I don't know. She took her meds. She got more. Yeah. Nicole, I have to apologize. I was sticking Mariel Hemingway because doesn't she have an actor's sister? Mariel Hemingway's, uh, Margaret Hemingway. Oh, Margot Hemingway, right. Uh, yes, yes. So. that was the one. She's absolutely descendant from yeah. her, her grandfather. I don't think it was even great-grandfather uh, was, uh, yeah, no, this is this is Superman. This is Lois Lane. Yeah, right. Well, well, I like, she I like... married. She ended up marrying the director and moving to Montana, and she was not happy. It did not work out. It was a divorce. And so, therefore, she, uh, when she took Superman in 1978, that's it. The, the marriage was over. She became a big star. She went on to Amityville Horror. Uh, okay, this is Zero to Sixty, lady. Uh, really? Oh, wait a minute. Um, not the girl. Mm, 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 mm. Not the girl who was in uh, Willy Wonka. This is right. she, she was like the head of the taxi dispatch. Uh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name is uh, Sylvia Miles, and she's was a big deal out of Midnight Cowboy. She got Best Supporting Actress, or she was nominated, but she was the realtor in Wall Street. Remember? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, a little trivia fact about Sylvia Miles. Her first initial last name spells the word smile. Smile. Yeah, that's right. Smile. Yeah. Very nice. I, I read that on the internet. So, okay. This is a very weird scene. He goes and he's like, I ordered the boat. They're making the boat. And Burgess Meredith is like, what are you talking about? He goes, you said you would pay for my boat. You would. I could pay you back. He's, he goes, I saved you from going to jail. Isn't that enough for you? <laughs> That's some backstory. So now Burgess Meredith is like, I'm not paying for your boat. I don't remember ever saying that. He freaks out. So then Peter Fonda goes back, and with his perfect acting, he has no emotion. He says, I'm sorry, the deal is off. He is not <laughs> paying the boat. And then he goes, what are you talking about? Burgess Meredith was just here. He paid in advance. It's all so it's like, what? What's the, what's the joke of this? So Burgess is just fucking with him. Yeah! Listen to his acting. I'm sorry, I do not have the money. Well, I'm a big fan of Easy Rider, man. You gotta lay off of fucking Peter. Okay, but he's Easy Captain Rider. And I'm Billy. I'm Billy, man, and he's Captain America. Listen, okay, look. You, you want to become a skiff boat captain, okay? You're all excited about it, and you're going to work hard to do it at this dumb job. And then your grandfather says, look, I'll just give you the money. You pay me back. Now you're all excited and jazzed up. You even get, get to go down to the boat maker and say, here's the specifications. You know, you're all happy. Then you right. go and Burgess Meredith goes, I'm not staking you. Now your world is falling apart. Don't you see the emotional roller coaster of this guy? He's got to go to his face and go, I'm sorry. I, I can't get the boat. I can't afford it now. Peter Fonda takes us on no journey. Every time he goes, that's great that you will help me with the boat. <laughs> I am so, don't you remember you said you would buy, you will not buy my boat? I am so sorry. I cannot pay for the boat. But he just paid for it in full. He did? No, he goes, he did. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I will yeah. be a skip boat captain. Listen, don't you remember we watched uh, Cannibal Run and Peter Fonda's in it? 
It was terrible. Ken, Peter Fonda did nothing in Cannonball Run. He had he said, "Remember when I was an Easy Rider?" And then yeah. had a fight. I remember you were Captain America and I was Billy. Billy Batson. That's a uh, Dustin Hoffman's line in the beginning of the film. Yeah, man, he's Captain America, and I'm like Billy, and we're going around America. Now I get it. That's a great yeah. reference. I forgot. I, I, did, I thought I remembered that film. Maybe I should see it again. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, the third time I did it, I said I should acknowledge what it is because I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's a really good reference. <laughs> it's horrible the way that film ended. They're just like, oh, there's an explosion and an accident, yeah. and it's over. Well, oh, that- that's movies of the time. Listen, Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper were fucking drug dealers. They had a bunch of cocaine in their motorcycles. They deserved to die at the end. That's all. Okay. I mean, what blows it was up? Crank. It was crank, by the way. It was mess. It was mess. Oh, it was biker mess. Yeah. So that's the thing, though. When they blow, when their uh, motorcycles blow up at the end, I go, no, all that mess. Poor precious mess. It's right in the gas tank. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the first to go. I mean, they're not good people. They're fucking meth dealers. So this director, right, he's married to Jimmy Buffett's sister, and he's having sex with Elizabeth Ashley, the co-star, and it's consensual, and they're having a three-way, and then Margot Kidder comes along, and she (laughs) divorces... It, it, well, I mean, they have an affair. Basically, he's he's having the love triangle at home and then Margot Kidder on the side. And then Margot Kidder was like, listen, if you like this, you, it has to be exclusive. And so by the end of this movie, he doesn't divorce that second. But by the end of this movie, it's over. This is a great scene. Do you have volume on your side? Yeah, I do. Let me see if I can crank this baby up. Now that you're out of it, what do you think you're going to do? Okay. Caddy. He, listen to this. He's going to be a caddy. Lover's caddy. I'll wear a V-neck sweater. I'll be by myself. Keep listening. I don't jack off the hanging. <laughs> it'll be a simple life, but it'll be complete. That's like, well, <laughs> All of a sudden, it is a comedy. If you can't skip vote, Captain, he's going to be all the Palmer's caddy. Right. He's going to wake up in a hanky at night. It's such a weird turn for this film. And the thing is, it's so like East Coast to be that sarcastic. You know what I mean? It really doesn't feel like these two are from Florida. Carl, as someone who lives on the East Coast, do you consider Florida as part of the East Coast? No. I mean, in a literal sense, yes. But when you go down there, the Northeast from Boston down to Washington has one flavor that feels like it's the East to me. And but when you go to Florida, you have a lot of the South in Florida, but not really. It's a lot of transplants. You know what I mean? It's like a vacation kind of place. It's a it is the East Coast in a literal sense. But now you're like sunbathing and beaching and it's different. Well, I mean, yeah, all my all my Jewish relatives are down there, but I uh, were in Arizona, I should say. But I feel like uh, it's the South, right? I mean, it's it's closer okay, to the South. Georgia is the South, and Georgia is the border state to Florida. 
Of course, Florida is the South, especially if you're off the beaten path, if you're in the Everglades, if you're in the center of the island, like a Venus, Florida or something, where it's nobody who's a tourist. People have lived there their whole lives. Yes, there's Civil War stuff down there. It is absolutely the South. But when you go to Florida and you get out of the airport in Tampa, you're on the West Coast and you're at a, be- a party time. Yeah. You go down to Miami, and now you're in, like, there's a Cuban thing happening. Right. It's different than, it's not the real South when you are in little Cuba, you know. It's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. It is in the heart of it. What's that? In the heart of it, in the center of the island, up and down, it feels like a Louisiana. And I've done some time in there for work, you know, these places they, they hire They buy the software. You got to go there. You're in the middle of the Florida. Nobody around has any is any you know a tourist. Nobody around has any teeth. You go into the general store and it's all wooden. No, it's it's the South down there. Wooden floor. You're creaking across. You want to get a slim gym in the general (laughs) store with oats and barley sacks. It's like a Cracker Barrel. Look, Peter Fonda smiled. Did you catch it? Yeah, well, that was the outtake. The drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, actually, Can we redo that? I cracked uh, the motion. Too late. Okay, so this is... I get it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That wasn't my best take. I, I smiled. Can we redo? <laughs> Can we... This is what dance has come down to. This is his piece of shit as he waits on the insurance money. Right? Yeah. Like, part of being a skiff boat captain is when they go out, you they you have a cooler, they'll give you lunch, it's all clean, the boat and fresh and new, you've got good hooks and uh, that thing that restrains the, the pole. He's just got a boat. It might as well be a rowboat for what his, what his profession is. The skiff boat captain is, is just for the tourist trade, or like, do they actually fish for money? It's just for the tourist trade. They do not like game fish for money. Go get a bunch of tuna and sell it. They get clients who say, I would like to go out fishing for the day. I'll give you six hours for 250 bucks. (laughs) Hey, good man. We're here on vacation. It's not always. Okay. I got to tell you, zero to 60 guy has like an affair with, they're like old lovers. Right. And he's not cheating on any. He is. Uh, I know. I don't think he's married. I think the wife died. The wife died. Well, there's this very funny scene here. Where he's like, can you do you remember the, the commercials and the woman would be singing opera and the glass would shatter? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that for Maxwell cassettes? Yes, maybe. I think yes. And they would play a recording back of it. Yeah. So here, he's like, can you still break a glass, darling? <laughs> I'm going to turn on this. You turn on this down. You turn on this down. Oh, God. I don't know. All right. Hang on. <laughs> That's it. 
That's it. It's so weird how like sometimes this movie tries to be funny and it works, but you're so in the drama of things, you're not ready. So you're like, what the fuck did they just do? They're just they're just town folk. I mean, it's just showing it as it is. Look at Harry Dean wearing a suit. Yeah, and I don't know why he's got some sort of realtor. I don't. I don't know why. But he's a realtor. <laughs> Let me try to. Hello, welcome to Chevron. My name is Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, okay. All the director's doing here is reinforcing, like, you better not be a skip boat captain because, look, Dance doesn't want to shoot you. He even wants to be your friend. But if you do that, then you've broken his word, what he said, and he's oh, going to have to kill you. Listen. Now, Dance is going to have to kill you. Am I right, Dance? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, you're right, though. That's exactly right. So now, it's so weird, Mike. These are enemies. Look at them. Look at them. They're buddy-buddy friends. Do you think it's because Dance must be a mean drunk or something? I tolerate him like that. I don't know, man. By the way, this guy's name in the film is Myron. We keep bumping into him. He provides some comedic stuff. He was in The Sting. He was huh. in Conquest of Paradise, 1492. You know, the... Uh, yeah, one of the one. Christopher Columbus movies. He went away. His last thing was 1999. And he, he adds a little comedic value to this movie. But he's not... He's a character actor and he does his job. Yeah, they really have a good cast in this movie. Yeah. Basically, what's happening is now is like, how can we, how are we treating this dance character? I mean, he's an ex-convict. He was just hooked my part, you know, the guy at the uh, Quaid. He just hooked and cut us, you know, on his kidney. I mean, this guy, he's a, saying he's going to shoot somebody if they become a skip boat captain. And Harry Dean Stanton is like, this guy's fine. We don't have any policy with him. You understand? You treat him, you service him. We're not saying any, you know, he is not person non grata. It's basically. He is not person non grata. He is not. He's basically the director saying, hey, Henry D Dean Stanton's a true friend. Persona non grata. Because he is all those things. Yeah. Okay. Are they gonna be, is there going to be high drama in the Keys? Like, are they going to go in the middle of the water and then they're going to. Okay. So that's what should be happening, but, but that is not what's about to happen. As a matter of fact, the two of them are right now going to leisurely go out to this island where it's all secluded, and he's going to show them like it has interesting wildlife, and you find like you could find a treasure chest in here. It's like they're friends. <clears throat> it doesn't that's make any sense. That's what mean drunks do, right? Like, they, they will fucking beat the shit out of you, but not before taking it to a baseball game. I guess, yes. Like, you go with it. Like, if you, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. The next morning goes, look, I got an extra ticket to the Yankees. <laughs> but if you want to go, I got room in my, you bring the beer now. You bring the beer. Is there a catch? No catch, but I need you to put this meth in your gas tank when you drive over. <laughs> Anyway, we see a long scene now in which they basically go out and have fun, and then he gets a serious talking to, like, you know, if you do this, I'm going to kill you. And then he goes, but hey, let's not let it ruin our day, and they're back to that. <laughs> oh, serious. 
All right, let me tell you this. Margot, okay, this director is from Montana. That's what his life is. And Margot went there, and they have a whole rocky marriage. They had a child. But but basically, somehow, Margot decided, you know, in the end, now she was a Montana person. That's it. She she was a Canadian. She went to Hollywood. She did some time in Florida, but now she's a Montana person. Um. Margot lived at the foot of Canyon Mountain, right outside of Livingston. The mountain was filled with wolves. Margot loved the wolves. Like a lot of people think, considered them nuisances and scary, you know, howling. She didn't. She would leave steaks out, like meat out, and the wolves would come down, and she would watch them from the window eat, eat the meat. And she used to tell her Close, you know, she was suicidal. She first tried to commit suicide at the age of 14. This is nothing new for her, you know. She would tell her closest friends, if they stopped by her place and found her dead, tell no one and put her naked body on a beach shed, drag it up Canyon Mountain, and leave her for her other friends, the wolves. What? What kind of shit is that? They didn't do it. When she died, they did not do that. They called the coroner. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a weird story. God, yeah. this movie's less interesting than, than everyone involved in it. She's full of weird stories. She has a car accident. She was on the set of uh, a, a television series that was called Nancy Drew and Her Daughters. And on the <laughs> it's not set, called Nancy Drew and Her Daughter. And Nancy Drew and Her TV Daughter. Show. All right. Uh, 1990, on the set of a television series, Nancy Drew and Her Daughter. Oh, give me a fucking break. It can't be the title. <laughs> she had a serious car accident which left her partially paralyzed as a result of a spinal injury this was Jesus. December of 90 so she went into 91 paralyzed it was temporary but that doesn't mean it was easy she had financial difficulties she couldn't work for two years as she was paralyzed she got over $800,000 in debt she tried to sue the, the company that had the car crash and she lost because she tried to sue them she couldn't get workers workmen's compensation and even pay a little bit of debt with that she was no, really just so do you do you realize like uh this was two years after Bobbitt's lane by the way i'm sorry yeah, do i realize but what? i was gonna say uh clark kent the actor who portrayed superman yeah was paralyzed as well wasn't he Yes, he was, uh, wasn't he? Of course. Oh, I got to show you. This is Orly Flats. You remember him from Godfather 1 and 2? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. So this is 75, and 2 is 74, right? So this is like prime him. This is prime him, and he's fresh out of Taxi Driver with, uh, with, um, I almost said Danny DeVito, uh, with Robert De Niro. He was the dispatcher, you know? his Wow. Right, he was in Rocky as the that loan shark guy that Rocky was wouldn't work for. He was in every mid seventies movie. So just yeah, he was in Godfather one and two. His name is Joe Spinell, uh, which it really should be Spinelli. Yes, and it a lot of buffers. The family had a lot of buffers. <laughs> <laughs> now this guy's been lying asleep the whole entire movie, right? I mean, he was no, no, no. Crazy. He's showing up now saying. I have this, you know, my supervisor was so pleased with my, let me put him on. 
He's got, he won a fishing boat charter. It was prepaid. Here's his word. <laughs> Listen how East Coast he is. Yeah. He has an East Coast vibe to him, right? Like, just the, yeah. his composure. Now, they say that he is a visitor, you know, but it's from another place in Florida. It's, I don't know. Now, Florida has a lot of transplants, but these guys don't mention growing up in the Northeast. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he's a, he's a true gem in this film. <laughs> so this film, is something going to happen in this movie, Carl? Uh, no. No. So... This is Margot Kidder. I listened to an interview of her just until I got the part of this movie and then I turned it off. Uh -huh. uh, he went, she went to the audition and she fell in love with the director, Thomas... Uh, what the... Kane McCary? Yeah, McW McWain. I, I got to write that down because I just like him as a character. I don't even know his name. <laughs> Thomas McGuane. He's the director to me. So she fell in love with him, and she thought she blew the audition because she was nervous around him. Now, she's a 22-year-old woman, you know what I mean? Like, this makes yeah. sense. But so she called up saying, please, may I have a re-audition? And he goes, you did great, honey. And he asked her on a date. He's married. He's a married guy. He's in a place. Listen, if you have the trust that being a threesome, you should fucking honor yeah. that. You, if you have the trust of a threesome... Yeah. You need to be a good guy and not yeah. cheat on your threesome, you ass. Right. People, so, people cheat because they're not a threesome. They're by the time the film was over, they were, you know, they were boyfriend and girlfriend, and his marriage was wrecked. And sh they married and moved to Montana. And the thing That's is, Margot Kidder, in the in the interview, Margot Kidder is like being so she's sparing her soul. She was oblivious to the fact that she was a homewrecker. She had destroyed a family i mean he had a kid with jimmy buffett's sister she, she you know what i mean she was she was selfish she didn't care about them she did she just wanted my my god i won he's my husband now and they moved to montana and they she quickly got pregnant and it wasn't a mistake they wanted to get pregnant yeah. now she well, says in the interview that the fights in their marriage were like about her being a housewife you know cooking she's not allowed to work they had lots and lots of fights and she says we were both too selfish and stupid to work it out now i think that's just about being young but so anyway tom this asshole tom he reads her journals and she gets really pissed about her like past you know love life or whatever and she insists that she burn them and, and Margot does to like try to save her marriage and that's when she was like, I've destroyed a part of my life. And she, I mean, it was depressing. And she was already like, she, you know, she would get, it isn't really depressed. It's bipolar. But when you're the down part of bipolar, it's depression. Yeah. She got the part in Superman and she's thinking two things. Like she has two parts of her brain. One is like, if I get this part, I can end this marriage. And the other part is if I get this part, I can save this marriage. Anyway. It's so strange to be a young actor and then say, I will go to Montana. Like you, you, you be in a film and the output is not more films, but then you marry the director and you move to Montana. It's youth and it's love, you know. Yeah. She was in love. She really was. This guy you might remember from uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, even though 
Peter's blocking his face. Good job, cinematographer. <laughs> All I remember from yeah, I remember a lot from that movie. That's a great film. Do, so do you see Margot right now? Yeah. Did you she see? Did you see her cleavage, Mike? Be honest. Do you see her cleavage? Yes, she, she's. Mike, there's be no. Honest. Do you see I, a line down the center of her chest that is not her uh, sternum? Uh, to uh, answer the question, Spiegelman. Uh, I've been very polite to you. She has a fucking cleavage. Let it go. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. God, that's just great. Yeah. Look at that. He has a great tan. He has a great tan. Yeah, look at that tan. Listen, she died when she was 69. She Jeez. lived, I mean, that's not as long as you can live. But in terms of like, does that mean you're an old person? If you're 69 years old, stop deluding yourself. I'm 55. I don't think I'm old. I know I'm wrong. You're 55 <laughs> years young. Dude. <laughs> so anyway, she took uh, alcohol and drugs and she died. It, listen, in 2005, she became a naturalized U.S. citizen. I don't have any other story than that. It's she became a what? Oh, naturalized citizen? Yeah, I'm not sure why she did it, but she became a citizen. Oh, by the way, when she was in Montana married, she took a hiatus from acting, like we said, but she was in the show called... Na 1975, The American Sportsman, and she learned how to hang glide in that show. Huh. It was like a reality show in 75. Isn't that weird? And check well, this out. Check this out, Mike. Also in 45 and 75, March of 75, she was in Playboy. Really? But, 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 but Carl, her cleavage, right? Yeah. yeah. No, when you take your shirt off, it's very clear you have boobs. It's not about cleavage at that point. It's about areolas. Uh, okay. Thanks for letting me clear that up there, Ev. Check this out. She said, I will appear in Playboy in your pictorial, bare-ass nude, if you let me write an article. So they did. She had an article in that. Uh, that That's pretty cool. And herself. That's right. N not many uh, models in Playboy have that opportunity. Oh, she was she was no Margot Kidder. She, she was not. She wasn't a Kidder. She wasn't. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work. Okay. Now we're going to have a terrible, in my opinion portrayal of women because the two women in this film right now will have a cat fight really yeah see she is being all talking down peter fonda look at peter fonda's face he's supposed to be mad right now look at his face okay show me peter fonda's face she's running him down like on purpose oh, okay, well, now you see some boobs there right and you see you see a little cleavage did you see it yes carl just the tiniest crack <laughs> no she's galled why don't you turn on the sound we could hear their fight oh, all right <laughs> you've got no cleavage sister listen to that accent ow cause an interest mm -hmm. I want to poke your weirdo snoop dude, school arm. <laughs> uh -oh. Listen to that music. Like you need music in the It's a fun cat fight. Fight, fight. I had no idea what she was saying. Well, it was basically... Um, 
making fun of him. Okay, her husband is Harry Dean Stanton, and Peter Fonda represents competition. And so she was like defending her man, kind of like running him down. He doesn't know anything. And Margot Kidder's the girlfriend. And so therefore you're offending me. I don't right, know. Right. I think it was a very good part of the script. I didn't do think. And later on, Harry Dean Stanton's wife will like try to seduce Orly Slat, you know, our godfather guy. Like they're just not portrayed very well in this film. They're portrayed like sillies. Now look, this is the father of uh, Peter Fonda, uh, Pritzi's honor. And basically he's run away from his tent and for the last four or five days, he's just been running around. He's been going to the torture club. museum, going to the private park. And... Did you see the torture museum, Mike? Yeah, I did. That's a real thing that Key West has. I even looked it up. Uh, it's still really? there today. They've got Isn't a crazy. Yup. Their authentic torture stuff in their like little museum section, you can still uh -huh. buy it. You, you got to pay them like eight grand for a cat o' nine tails, but you can buy it. Now, does it feature the guys from House from a Thousand Corpses? Is, are they the ones running the torture museum? I guess I don't know. I only went as far as finding out what it was, looking on Google <laughs> Map, and then going to their actual website and browsing oh, around their nice. museum. I was making a reference. There's a, a Rob Zombie movie where oh. <laughs> these these killer psychopaths have a torture museum where uh -huh. they, they give you a tour and then they torture you. You know how they'll be like party dudes and they'll be like, "What's up, redneck?" and they'll be like, "You insulted me by calling me a redneck, so I'm going to torture <laughs> and kill you." It's Everybody only fair. Are. Yep, that is that is you know when you break it down like that line by line. I mean that is fair. That's that is fair. Listen, they're making fun of the rednecks. Oh, I'm making fun of the rednecks. I must be. I must. I have to get tortured. I used to go to Overlook Hospital, and there were two paths, and the one to the left led to the physical rehabilitation uh, section of the hospital. The one to the right led to the psycho ward. Uh, so you could either go to the path, you could go to the physical therapy path, or the psycho path. Ah. Okay, basically, the father, who's been a beach bum for the last four days, and he does this and drives Burgess Meredith crazy, he's basically heard that if he's a sh sh skip boat captain, he's going to get shot. So he's well, come to kind of, kind of talk him out of it. Son, I don't want you to get shot. Right. I can't believe that's his dad. They're the same fucking age. This is really funny. Why don't you turn it on? This is Orly learning what fish are from Quaid. Yeah. No, it's grouper. We tried one more thick hat on. His brain is too long. Thinking too hard. Look at the way he's holding his hat. Here. Bonefish is here. And that one and this one. Snapper. Snapper. The thing is. He can't take him. He can't take him fishing until the insurance money comes in. So like, or or he doesn't go home. He's like waiting around for sixteen days to go uh, on a fishing trip. So they, they ran out of things to talk about. They're just right. like, yeah, know your fish. Carl, give me give me two seconds. All right, keep going. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so. What's going to happen after this is uh, the wife is going to show up in her twirling outfit 
and basically come on to Orly because her husband isn't there. Now, why does we do that? It doesn't serve the plot of the film at all. As a matter of fact, what we're seeing here is like a subplot. Now, Orly is in the end of the movie, but he doesn't make a move that changes the outcome of the movie. So he, he's supposed to, as an act to be character, serve exactly that role. Here she is. Is she looking good? Where's Michael? Because I want to press his... He pretends he has no libido, but it isn't true. So we're not missing much. Just, uh... He turned off... She turned off the... Just, uh, sex talk. And Ortley's being nervous. Let's see, what was this guy in? I think I already said them all. He was in Rocky as Gazo, which is the loan shark. He was in Taxi Driver as the personnel officer. He was in, uh, he has this funny scene with Robert De Niro, and uh, he's like, don't break my balls. I forget now, but Godfather 1 and 2. In The Godfather 2, he was, he was called up in front of the committee, in front of the Senate, uh, <laughs> to testify against Michael Corleone. At the behest, so you killed at the best. Come on, Senator. My boss tells me to put a finger on a guy. I push, no, to push a button on a guy. I push a button on, come on. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Senator. Where are you, Michael? Come on, Michael. I'm no, I don't. Tell it to me. At the behest of Michael Corleone. No, I never met him. So the, your superiors would act as a buffer. Between you and Mr. Corleone. Yes, Senator. The family had a lot of buffers. <laughs> the family. Mike. Mike, come back. Okay. Now, Hi, Harry Dean Stanton comes in and finds his wife flirting all over Ortley. And he is pissed. She's doing the, the pop-up dance. Yeah, that's right. And she's, I don't know, maybe she's drunk or something. And he's like, you start a cat fight. You you know, you're telling a guy that you baton is very good because it helps you to jerk off men. Are you my <laughs> wife or no? You know, what are you doing to me, girl? Get in the car. Is that what she said? That she likes to do the pom pom? Yeah. Yes. That's what, you know what? You know what this baton work is good for? <laughs> Strong arms, Ortley. Maybe Ortley doesn't want to enjoy. Now, when. He comes back in. You should play the audio because Harry Dean Stanton, like Ortley, Godfather guy is like, you're going to beat me up. I know you're going to beat me up. And he holds a fish. He holds him at bay with a fish. This movie's funny at times. So Cage is like, well, it's not time yet, but he goes, you're going to have to put down that grouper. And then Ortley corrects him. This isn't a grouper. <laughs> you know, and corrects him. You should play it when the time comes. Well, oh, because he's been there stuck. You know what? Give that guy a break, Godfather 2, because he's been there for 16 days. What I was telling the audience is all these subplots we're seeing, like his relationship with his wife, it doesn't aid the main character in his journey. It doesn't have any influence over it, so we shouldn't be seeing it. In a novel, I guess, a novel's not a movie, so... You can explore, you can go places, it can be a character study. But in a film, look, turn up the sound now, he's got the fish. Get back, get back, both of you! 
New phone, nigga. She come grooving in here trying to do me. Now, why don't you just put down that garbage? Hell, fish. I'm from the East Coast, not yeah. Florida. So he's basically saying, my wife would like to apologize to you for her behavior. And he goes like, apologize to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm not going to get my ass kicked. Now, does he? He seems like a guy who would smile and shoot someone in the airport. Like that wasn't him. And yeah, right. Yeah, Senator. A lot of buffers. <laughs> hey, you want me to p push a button on a guy? I push a button on a guy. Come on, Senator. Is that is that who he is? Yeah. Oh my God! I didn't recognize him because he's not in the suit. Right. He's in this right. He's in the right hat though. Yeah. Uh, he dressed up for court. This is one of the failed businesses of the father. He used to make blimps. Uh, he, he ran it, ran the business into the ground. He also used to be a, um, uh, he used to run a whorehouse, and he ran that business into the ground. So it's basically he's a failure. But the main message of this thing is don't be like me. Don't get shot. Don't make, don't be a failure. Just don't be a boat. Let the guy have his income. There's nothing good going on here. His dad ran a whorehouse and failed? Yeah, with the mother. Like, it was all very above board. It was like a legal whorehouse somehow. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's running an underground blimp uh, factory either. I mean, he must have... What? An underground blimp factory? No, that was on up and up. That blimp factory was legit. Yeah, well, cook the books. Can't you run anything legitimately? I know we ran a whorehouse, but at least for the book factory, we should run it as a legit business. Yeah, it's a lot of hot air. Okay, now people say I look like Nathan Lane. They tell me that all the time. They say it when I'm on stage. It's not funny. It is funny, though. Uh, Mouse Hunt was a... This guy was in Mouse Hunt. Do you remember that movie? I like that movie. Yeah, sure, that's with... Uh, um, and... Uh, yeah, it has uh, the British guy. Right. What's has, the, uh, right, what's this? Yeah, the British guy whose face you know. He was in Amazing oh, Lane. Lane. That's what you're talking about. Right, right, right. Well, the British guy was in There's Something About Mary. He's a famous guy. But right. yeah, you, oh, but is it really Nathan Lane is his name? Nathan Lane is Mouse Hunt. Yeah, you know, the guy from Producers. He's the main star yeah. of the Hunt. From yeah, the, the Birdcage. The Birdcage. And he's very funny in it. Um, but... I was talking about Pritzi's honor here, William Hickey. Uh, he was in Forget Paris. Remember that movie? And he goes, I never saw it. I know of it. So in this thing, he was like senile, and they would drive the streets, and he would say the names of the stores. He would say, ah, Stevens Bakery. And he would just name, as they drove along, Kohl's, Kohl's Outlet. And he would sing the commercials and stuff. Anyway, it was a funny bit. He yeah. was in The Jerky Boys. Yes, I remember him. Yeah. Don Uncle. He was in My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin. Wait, but he's probably playing a gangster in that, like he did in Pritzi's Honor. That sounds exactly right. Yeah. And we all know him as Lewis in Christmas Vacation. He was also in Major Pain as, as a Dr. Phillips. I don't know. 
He's he's well, fun. When was the last time you saw Major Payne with Damon, Damon Williams? Wait. Probably the when it came out in the theaters. Uh, it was not a good film. Were you working in the movie theater when that came out? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think exactly. so. I was working in the theater like 90, 91. Not 90, 91. Yeah, maybe 90, 91. Yeah, this, I think Major Payne was 93. Or later, 90s. Lots of the 90s. Working in that theater was a major pain. Okay, so now we're getting a candlelit, romantic, uh, this is my girlfriend in real life scene. Listen, Mike, they were totally screwing, and, you know, he would not go home when it was time to go home. Uh, They were cheating, 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 and they were having a big love affair, you know? It was... uh, So crazy. Yeah, the thing is, like... When they, what, he was having a three-way with his wife and his wife's best friend and the actress in this movie, and it was all sex, sex, sex. So they call it sex utopia. And then he's like cheating with her, and again, it's all about sex. Look, they were in their young twenties. It's not like this guy went on to. He had a third marriage, uh, and it was very interesting. He married the descendant of Davy Crockett. Can you believe that? <laughs> Really? Yeah, and had kids, had another child, his third child from his third wife. Wow. Her name's Crockett, Betty Crockett. Where is it? It's not in front of me. Wow, her last name is even Crockett? Yeah, that's right. She's a direct descendant of Davy Crockett. Here it is. Becky was her name. Uh, Portia Rebecca Crockett. uh, She's drinking orange juice. Orange juice. Orange juice. Florida orange juice. Oh, is that part of an intentional, like, uh, Florida OJ? This is all him getting talked to by different people, by Margot, by Kidder, by the father. You know, don't, don't be a shrimpo, Captain. Don't kill this guy. Listen, he loves his skiff. It was beautifully done. And he, you know, when the skiff was delivered by the guy from Close Encounters, he said, I love it. This is a great looking. <laughs> oh, you can gift. really tell. You can really tell Peter Fonda was in love with the boat. I am. Go- okay, here's Ortley. All right, look, Betty Crockett, right? Davy Crockett's uh, direct descendant would go on to marry Peter Fonda out of this movie. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. All right, now I got to tell you stuff about this movie. They released this movie, it was a failure. Then they re-released, they changed the ending. But the truth is, they didn't change the ending. They didn't like the ending. So in the so in this version, the theatrically released version, they just have him get shot and cut. Okay, right. It sucks. The movie just ends, which was okay in the sixties. Yeah, I mean, right. That's the trope is that it ends with like. Uh, across the 110th Street style, where you know, right, go get shot in the head, and then they they freeze frame it. Now uh, we have a big, big sex scene, and he's not cheating because his wife died. Gotcha. Oh, is this Sylvia Miles? Yes. Yeah. Now look, he grabs her vagina like Donald Trump. Look, he's look. See, he's doing it. Yeah. Right on screen, he she is grinding into his hand. And and he's lo- and putting his butt on his. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> really, so. Really doing it right now. 
And but and I also mean not just like, whoa, it's on screen. I mean the actress is getting rubbed and Burgess Meredith is having his pee-pee. It's a hot dog in a bun right now. <laughs> is, that, is that how you talk to your kids about sex? <laughs> yeah, there, there may be a time where the hot dog goes. <laughs> now look, it's the end of our film. Peter Fonda is now going out on the for the first run on his skiff boat, and he's taking a uh, Godfather guy. So it is now time for him to get shot. By Warren Oates. By Warren Oates to keep his word, by Nickel Dance to keep his word. So they're about to take out Thurston Howe III and Lovey on a charter. And he goes, let me borrow your boat. Look at that hair Harry has. Oh yeah, right. what's up with Lovey? What 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 can't they just fly back to fucking New Jersey? That they wanna I don't know, they wanna fish. Okay, yeah. in the extended ending, he's going to shoot him and he's Peter Fond is like saying, Please don't shoot me in the face on account of this dental work I got. <laughs> Please shoot me on the left side. So Ortley will get out of the boat because he's in deathly danger. Right? I mean, he's going to get shot by these two crazies. So he, he actually gets out of the boat and starts walking towards the highway. He gets his trophy fish. And they have a struggle with the gun. And the gun, you know, basically, Harry Dean's um, uh, Warren loses. And he gets, Peter Fonda throws the gun into the ocean. And then they sit down and have a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Like, let's be friends. So far, so good. I've seen both endings, but the other version with that ending, which is a better ending, it's it's not right on YouTube. It's too dark, and they have they cut important scenes. They cut out the N-word scene. They do stuff. They jump to the end. It doesn't make sense. So we so had to watch put, this version. Let me ask you, Carl. So there is another version of this movie that exists on YouTube, which you viewed? Yes. It's about three more down. But the thing is, they cut things from the film Right. Like, it jumps right to the ending, and you don't understand why. So they re-released the film with the proper ending, and it still tanked at the box office, yeah. and they lost their shirt. They, they, did they at least give it a better name? Nope. 92 in the Shade. So he's like, we're going straight to the Chamber of Commerce. What should we tell him? Why don't you put the sound on? Hey, did they mention the title name at, at all in this movie? No. Oh. Just say that captain or guide experienced a sudden loss of uh, interest or ambition <laughs> and uh, blanked out without warning. They just basically told Mr. Howe to fuck off. Fucking Harry Dean Stanton so great. Now, this is where we see the abbreviated part. Uh, you, can, you should turn it up. It's, the film is going to end now. He's just going to cut to... The film ends horribly now. We don't see what how it really ends. Now, look at Ortley. He's like, fuck this. And he gets out of the boat. And he starts walking. I think I'm a couple seconds behind you, so it's going to be coming in a sec. Here we go. There's Ortley. Shut up. Peter Fund is like, don't shoot me in the face. I don't have to shoot you in the face. Well, I wouldn't want to ruin my face. Here, it's my left side. Exit stage, right? Or Ooh. Right. 
And you see how fake the gunshot was. They like drew a, a thing on the on the film, a, like a an animation of a flash. Whoa, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and the thing is, that's not it. The movie goes on oh. to them having a struggle, making up, shortly walking to the highway, and then becoming friends. We, it's a better ending. It's not a good ending, but it's better than just cutting out of there and saying we got. So there was an additional scene that is not in this theatrical release first version. That's right. And so they said, we have to save this film because everybody's unsatisfied with it. So they really released it with the full ending, and it still didn't It do still it. didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Getting shot like that, and then another close-up of Peter Fonda's fucking mug. Enough <laughs> with these screen wraps. Well, Carl, that's the end of the movie, unless yes. there's another scene, uh, Marvel Universe style. What you think of 92 in the Shade? Well, I really liked uh, Stan Lee's cameo in this one. <laughs> of course. Okay, so yeah. other than that, like, this film was not a good film. It wasn't shot well, it wasn't lit well, and it didn't keep its promises. That is, there was no dramatic tension between Dance and Fonda. Now, Dance tried, you know, Warren tried. He did his full acting with this meeting and stuff. But Peter just gave him nothing back. The, the, the subplots of the marriage with Harry Dean Stanton had served no purpose. Margot Kidder's subplot served no purpose. The father running away, it just didn't do anything. They could have said, we don't want you to get shot in any way. I think this film probably was an excellent novel. But... Yeah, I, I like the movie. I hate to say it, like, I know nothing happens, but, right. you know, you, you have all these great actors and actresses in you it, do. and uh, it, it's confidently directed. I mean, he can stage a scene. I don't know why the, he needs a lamp in the middle of a uh, few people, but, you know, it's, it's well done, and, and sometimes when you see a film that's shot on location, especially 40 years ago, mm -hmm. 50 years ago, you're not going to see that anymore, you know? I mean, the Torture Museum still stands, but maybe right. the cow key stand doesn't, you know, maybe the pier looks different. So I enjoyed it. a different it. time. You're right. Yeah. That always happens. Any film with William Hickey is a film for me. So uh, William Hickey, Harry Dean Stanton, and fucking Warren Oates, plus Peter Fonda, that's a good right. lineup. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. Nothing happens, but I did enjoy that movie. I, I would... Uh, Keep my eye out for things related to it. So, Carl, we are going to be back next Sunday. Uh, we hope people listen to us live. If you're listening to the podcast, maybe make a day of it on meetmeradio.fm, which, by wait, the way... Wait, wait, Are you going what? to announce the next film? Oh, well, I was going to say people should donate. I was going to promote our sponsors. Oh, let's Radio. do that. Oh, let's do that. Go ahead. Let's do that. Yeah. This, this is not the painful part of the show. Uh, <clears throat> go to Venmo. At Mutiny Radio, I think Bert and Ernie is the icon, but it should let you know it is the real Mutiny Radio. And right. if you throw in some money, we appreciate it. I think there is a GoFundMe going on uh, as San Francisco goes into the orange tier and uh, opens up indoor dining and outdoor dining. Uh, They're crazy, the right? They're crazy. It's not over. No, no it's all right. I, I mean, you know, we got to do what we got to do. But, yeah, it is crazy. But, you know, uh, there is a bar on the corner from Mutiny Radio called Asiento. And uh, Pam Benjamin, our station manager, has been doing live shows there, and as well as Atlas Cafe. So we are helping the community 
of that side shows. And so uh, definitely check it out. Okay, Carl, that was the good news. Next no, week's wait, movie. No, wait, wait. Next week's movie, are you sure it's not ad free? Because the one I found that you told me about, I wanted to get ready. Yeah. I started to watch it. It made me look at ads, and it did it on my different devices, laptop, phone, and the television's own YouTube. So. Well, I have a version from Gringo with a okay. J. Okay. Let me look it up here. Yeah. And if that well, works, that works. I'll tell you what. Audience, we're going we're gonna to leave you in a cliffhanger. We'll tell you what movie we, we attend to watch next week. If it's if there's too many ads in it, then we're going to switch to another movie. It doesn't mean that you should not watch this film on YouTube. How about that? Wait, let's tell everyone what, what it is anyway. Who cares? All right. It's the wackiest wagon train in the West. In, in the West. I'm, I'm putting in my search engine. The wackiest okay. wagon train in the West. Okay. Yeah, no, this G-Jingo. Yeah, this has ads. Really? Let me press play. Yeah. Of course, there's an ad in the beginning, but... Oh, well, that's that's standard. Ladies and gentlemen, he picked a TV show. Oh, yeah, it's got the bumps. Is there another version? Oh, there are bumps, yeah. But there's like four bumps. Three bumps. Yeah, but you know, if people aren't watching at the same second as we are, it ruins everything. And that's exactly what happens when you have commercials. Uh... No, there's... Hmm. I see the shakiest gun in the West with Don Knox. I, I uh, don't have ads. Wait, have what about? I see a two-hour version. A okay. two-hour and twelve. Uh, wackiest wagon train in the West. Two hours and twelve minutes. Maybe that's okay. Movie. Let's go there. No, there's little bumps on it. Yeah, there's the bumps. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. I really wanted to do this. Well, you yeah. know what? Next week's movie, Carl and I was met it out. Carl has a great list of movies for, that he provided me. We'll probably dip into that if, if I can't find something even more atrocious. This is pretty... Well, yeah, this is a, this is bootleg. This is... Uh, the ratio is wrong. Uh, the two-hour version is probably... Yeah, I hate when they do that on... Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see the movie on YouTube, and that's good, but it's not good for this show. It just doesn't work. Next week's movie is a surprise. In the meanwhile, we recommend you checking out The Wackiest Wagon Train in the West. The movie should be viewed, but it's not very good for our format. It's basically, it's a rip-off theatrically released movie where they took four episodes of a TV show, yes. moved the laugh track, and edited it into a cohesive narrative. And it stars Bob Denver, Gen X's own Gilgan's Island, uh, and Far Out Space Nuts. But this time, he's not marooned or lost in space. He's lost in the West as the wacky. And his co-star, right, is the one from F Troop. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marie Averson or whatever. And I got to tell you, uh, in the film, he is Skipper. He is definitely doing yeah, Skipper. And there's their their uh, their companions are like a rich couple and a professor and a... and our Acorn is there. Yeah, Acorn uh, from F Troop. Uh, who's a very funny comedic actor, believe it or not. Larry Storch? I haven't really yeah. watched that. I'm not, uh, I didn't really see that in syndication as a kid growing up. Oh, well, when you stayed home from sick from school, you didn't, uh... Oh, I watched, uh, Robert, uh, Downey Jr. Warren Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, I said I love Lucy. I don't remember what I watched when I was sick. Yeah. Can you check uh, the chat? Can you check the chat? What do you mean? 
uh, on the Zoom that we're doing. You could check. Oh yeah. Out. Oh yeah. I just saw that. We're in the studio. What's new? Well, we're in oh, the studio oh, at UD yeah. Radio. Next week's movie. Next week's movie is Meeksville's Ghost. Really? Taking it. Yep. Yep. Let's <laughs> keep the show you. going. The show okay. got to continue. Uh, this movie is suggested by Carl. Carl, do you want me to research it, or are you got it covered? Uh, well, I think that the rule is I'm supposed to be doing that, and I think okay. that switcheroo, you're, it's like, it, it needs to be once every now and again, otherwise you're not going to be happy, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I'll do it. Okay. Well, I'm very excited. This movie is shot in the 21st century, 2001, so that's a good change of pace for us. The Meeksville's Ghost, sorry, Baby on Board's own, Judge Reinhold. Baby on Board. Trailer's two minutes long. Should we play it? Uh, if you'll play the audio, because I can't find it. All right. I'll do Trailer Meeksville. It's uh, hosted by Multicon Entertainment, which is never Okay, listening. I'll find it. Yeah, got it. Multicon official trailer, 2001. I'm pressing pause. All right. Let's, uh, I got the volume cranked up, and I'm going to play it in three, two. I'm a celebrity comedian. One, go. <laughs> No great for anyone, Jack. I don't think you're on my land anyway. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Matesville. So he's a motorcycle person. I'm the Meeksville guy. I'm being haunted by Judge Reinfield. No, I'm the, I'm the Meeksville guy. Was that a joint, Michael? No. Oh, maybe. I'm a couple seconds behind you, girl. A lot of sepia tone in this. Yeah, that's the old days. He's having memories, probably. So the modern day... This is 2001. Do you think this was pre-9-11? <laughs> Yes, uh, I think it was probably shot pre-9-11. Oh, she shot in the back. He shot a woman in the back. What a coward. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty brave to do that because you are going to be ostracized. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you should be proud that you shot him in the back. Yeah, you, uh, you stood mm. up for your, you stood up against political correctness and shot a woman in the back. Yes, sir. Uh, next on our presentation, it's the coward Robert Ford who shot <laughs> Who's it he shot? I forgot. Uh, Remember the, the, he shot like a Western guy, Billy the Kid, in the back? Yes, right, right, right. And then he would actually tour, like before right. the internet and before like hard copy and whatever. People right. would Wagon get there. They would, like, he'd be like, here's the guy who shot uh, Billy the Kid in the back. Boo, boo, you suck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was before like Loretta Bobbitt on the news and shit. That's how they dealt with Lorena? Lorena? Lorena Bobbitt, that's right. What did I say, Lorena? Loretta. Loretta. Right. But I wouldn't put it past L Loretta to clip a dick. All right. <laughs> to cut the spars of her name. Uh-oh, this is the ending. They're showing the ending. Look, yeah, he's, they he's show leaving. the ending in the trailer. We don't need to see this movie. We saw everything. I bet you at the end he floats off into the sky and uh, raises his hat. Multicog. So, Mike, we know the movie now, right? It's going to be yep. starting a business venture in some ghost town. There are enemies against it because they've got some plot. 
the judge will show up, this motorcycle guy will be, you know, he'll become part of the family. He was just passing through, right? Right. And then, yeah, the ghost will help them beat the bad guys and he'll learn something along the way. All right, I'm very excited, Carl. I uh, I look forward to the Meeksville ghost. I always like when uh, the delightful Judge Reinhold is on the screen. Agreed. Um, yeah, so check us out. We'll be back next week. Uh, Carl sucks dot com uh, at Spiegelmania or ways you can find us. Uh, I'm having trouble with our official Twitter account right now, but uh, I will be on it shortly. And. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. You know, check us out. MimiRadio.fm uh, has a art, uh, podcast archive, and you can find all of our shows in the last five years uh, listed there. So, you know, make a meal out of it. Uh, Carl, thank you so much. Thank you for researching and watching this movie three times. Yes. <laughs> no problem. Happy to do it. It's my job. It's my job. Oh, I never told you my rabies joke. Oh, please do. I'm going to close on my rabies joke, and then we are out of here. You know, my dad told me, uh, someone told me the, uh, shit, I, I just get to sit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, all right. Oh, you know, friends like, you should get a rabies shot. Do you ever get a rabies? My, oh, no. My doctor said, Mike, you should get okay. a rabies shot. I okay, go, the doctor said it. Oh, yeah, right. doctor. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with yeah. You. My doctor said, Mike, did you get a rabies shot? I go, rabies shot? I don't need it. I'll just punch those dogs. I could, I could take on wild dogs. <laughs> oh, so if a dog comes who would bite you with rabies, you would simply fight him off. I would simply fight him off. That's I had to work that joke. <laughs> I thought that was funny last night. I don't know why. Maybe I do. <laughs> well, that's it. We close out a joke. See you next week. Bingo. Thank you. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with my Spiegel Man Let's watch a full length Movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegel Man Jokes de Carl. Follow me now.
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and who? Who's in the st- Who's in the studio with Bonjour. me? Bonjour, Carl. He may sound far away, but he is actually in the studio here in San Francisco with me, Mike Spiegelman. Holy fuck! You're not on the Bonjour. phone, my friend. Bonjour. We're here. This, if you are listening for House of Love, they'll be back next week. We are doing a special uh, House of Pride. Well, House of Love too. If you are a listener of House of Pride, welcome. Thank you so much for letting us take over for this show. We uh, House of Pride will be back next week. However, we are part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 5, and we are here with two comedy... We're here with Mike and Carl. We're going to watch a full-length movie He's with so you. He's so smooth, right? No, so we got Mike, Carl, <laughs> you, and we also have Billy Joe and Colin from the comedy world. Guys. Hello. 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 How's it going? Billy Joe, what's your last name? Gillespie. Gillespie. So check cool. out Billy Joe Gillespie like and your Colin Bruin. Braun. Braun. That I got. Colin Braun. Yeah. Uh, Do you hear yourself? No. Okay. I don't have headphones on, so I'm just going to assume mine's on. Uh, Billy, I think there's yours is on. Pink, purple. There's a pair there. Yeah, there's a no. pair there. Uh, go ahead and say hi again. Hi. What? Did you hear me that time? Yeah, it's okay. a little low, but uh, you might have to find a sweet a sweet spot, as we say on live uh, air. Uh, just to talk, we are here's the premise of the show, Carl. What is the premise of the show? Uh, we watch a full length movie on YouTube. Uh, Mike, when he was younger, like I don't know, it was eighteen. Much younger than before. Yeah, much younger than before. Would read about movies back in our day. There was no internet. You could mm. you had to go there to the Zigfield no Theater in New York to right. see an indie movie. He read all of these fanzines and uh-huh. journals. Yes. And then he would know about films. Right. Big Daily knows about them. But today's world, they're on YouTube. Yeah. So Mike gets to indulge. Yeah. And we want to indulge with you. The experience, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not have YouTube on, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, doing That's it half the experience. Wrong. You have to watch the movie with us. And the movie's on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie this week? We are watching The Rats Are Coming. The Werewolves Are Here. Did I say it backwards? I know you said it right, but I'm a little nervous now. The rats are coming and werewolves are already here. are here. Well, I have not seen them yet. So they happen to be an upper crust British family. We'll no. see soon. So this is the cult movie I read about from director Andy Milligan. Uh, Carl, who's hosting which movie? I don't know. It's Andy Milligan. Andy Milligan? <laughs> Andy Milligan. I guess the director is, uh, go to his YouTube channel and search for The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here. Hit the link. The full link is The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here, 1972 by Andy Milligan, full movie. And then click the link and hit pause immediately. We, oh, my gosh. Let me get the, the Paul Brumbot up. Uh, That's a good idea. Yeah, and I can Listen, in the meanwhile, you are from Boulder, Colorado, are you yes. not? And we were talking earlier about the scene there, like the comedy scene. What Did you listen to Mutiny Radio there and hear about the festival? How'd you get lured all the way to San Francisco? Well, actually, I uh, I met Rachel Pinson while we were both homeless in Boulder, and she reached out to me last December and said, hey, I think you have a shot, you know, apply to this. Okay. Well, glad you did. Yeah, yeah. but that's pretty, I, that was, I was hard to hear. Do you just say, oh, yeah, I was homeless. <laughs> so how are you doing today? I've been back indoors for six years. Wonderful. Great. Hey, thanks. For telling me <laughs> everything's great that's good okay originally from massachusetts mm-hmm. right yeah you told me about well, i mean right now you're coming from 
Oregon, but you went to San Francisco for school, you were saying. I, I went to UC Davis, which is about an hour and a half northeast of here, uh-huh. uh, which is a lot like San Francisco, just without any of the um, stuff to do um, and replace all the expensive housing and um, culture with uh, slightly less expensive housing and uh, agricultural-focused, science-based education. Okay. So, other than those two things, really really the exact same place. And you're an engineer, you were saying. Yes. I mean, depending on what state I'm in, I'm not legally allowed to call myself an engineer, Honestly. but I'm not in Oregon, so I can say I am. Um, I, I, I work in civil engineering, which Bridge is... Bridge building, huh? What's that? Bridge building, huh? Bridge building and dredging and yeah. hospital building. And no, it's... I find that's important. I'm in the computer industry, and mm. the engineers argue like sun bitches, you know? It's time we had some civil engineering. Some mm-hmm. civil engineering. Yeah, and we're going to outsource right. courses. Right. Way, maybe get them to see some we, HR. Films. We design things with our pinkies up. That's the real difference there. Very civil. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, so uh, normally we have a guy named Paul Brumbaugh, who is the... Oh, gee, you're educating them? They don't know who Paul Brumbaugh is? Even our guests know Paul Brumbaugh. Paul Brumbaugh is not here to do the countdown. However, we have built our own Paul Brumbaugh, uh, (laughs) a pre-recorded Paul Brumbaugh. So everyone, let's get ready to Brumbaugh. Okay, one last time. You will go to the search engine of YouTube. You'll put in the rats are coming, the werewolves are here. I know you know how to spell werewolves, right? W-E-R-E. I'm not even going to insult you. And then you will search for that and find Andy Milligan as our host. All right, sounds good. Andy Milligan, who is also the director of this movie. Milligan! All right, so let's get this started. I the am, skipper, I too. Live show. Um, We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, so, let's get ready to brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals. The countdown king himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumba? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Thank you, Paul Brumbot, for that wonderful countdown. Here we are. The rats are coming. The werewolves are here. This, the uh, credits cost $2 million to make. We're a couple seconds ahead of you. Mike, you better print this thing for me or I'm going to kill you. Didn't, all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and start the show and I'll get the printer going. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's already been started. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, we're watching a very bad movie. It was shot in 1968, and uh, you're going to love it. It was uh, trying to soak off of horror films. Any of you horror fans? Not really. The thing that you're going to hate about this movie is there's no horror. Mm. You will see. There's, they're going to talk us to death. Okay. That's the real horror. <laughs> You're right on the money about that. That is right. That's how what the tra- trailer should have been. Mm. Are you bored? Well, come to this. <laughs> Thank you for printing, Mike. I love how in the old movies they used the set, the soundtrack to, to create mm-hmm. the illusion that something's happening. Uh, yeah, it's very key for a low budget, right? Anyone can make some music and suspense and... It's really good. 
Now, I am not a big movie buff. It's only in the service of Mike Spiegelman, right? Mm. Every week he tells me what's going to be the film. Mm -hmm. So if you had a B movie, bad movie, what would you choose? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Probably one of the old James Bonds that very few people have seen. Casino Royale, the first one. That's a piece of shit movie. If it I really is. I, I didn't make it all the way through. Um, oh, just like Mike. Mike never made it all the way through that movie. It's just so bad. No, it took me 25 years. I finally watched it all the way through because I would watch it in bits and pieces. So, yeah, right, seeing sorry. a guy get beat up, right? Yeah. This guy coffee. escaped. Mm. Is he offering him coffee? Billy J, do you see it well enough? Yes, I do. Okay. So he escaped, okay? He is the ne'er-to-do-well brother who's a cuckoo bird. And they keep him locked up. Okay. Until he escapes. Oh, look at that. What an asshole. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, he burned his ass. Here we come, baby. It's a party, bitch. Here we come, baby. It's a party, bitch. Here we come, baby. It's a party, bitch. If you mad Hey, sorry as shit. You hate my everything. Sorry as shit. La, la, la. You see my better game. Sorry as shit. Na, na, na. I'm like whatever, man. Sorry as shit. I say. Sorry as shit.